0: This is Julie Henrich, Executive Director of Sisters in Crime, and I wanted to pop in here for a quick reminder that from June 1st through July 31st, our Pride Award submissions are open. The Pride Award is for emerging LBGTQIA plus authors who write in the crime genre. Information is on sistersincrime.org's website and also in the show notes for this episode. Please spread the word, let anyone know you don't have to be a Sisters in Crime member to submit your materials. Uh, and we're really looking forward to supporting new voices in the crime writing field uh, and new LBGTQIA voices. So June 1st through July 31st, check it out on SistersandCrime.org. It's not for members only. Thanks so much. Hello, this is Julie Henrikus, the Executive Director of Sisters in Crime, and I am thrilled to welcome Claire Murray to the podcast today. Crime, mystery, fantasy, and sci-fi author Claire A. Murray has more than a dozen short stories published. One story earned honorable mention, and two took third place in competitions, and she's compiling a collection for a fall 2023 release. She's finishing a suspense fantasy novel, has a trilogy in progress, and needs to edit a completed amateur sleuth novel. A former educator, manager, and advocate, she hosts weekly Zoom write-ins for aspiring and published authors and is active with critique groups. Claire is president of Sisters in Crime Desert Sleuths chapter. In 2022, she developed and co-hosted Anthology Jam, a six-session write-in discussion program for the chapter focused on short story writing skills, tips, and resources. She belongs to four SYNC chapters, the Short Mystery Fiction Society and Mystery Writers of America. Claire, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Julie. Good morning. Good morning. I love talking to you. We've known each other for a long time because before you moved west, you were a New Englander. Um, Mm -hmm. But let's start where I always start uh, with this conversation. When did you say to yourself, I want to be a writer?
1: Oh, I don't know that I ever said I want to be a writer as much as I just started writing. It was either 2013 or 14. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing too is I did have uh, at that a couple of short stories published okay uh, but to but on my birthday in july i said i want to i have this story in my head it's a novel and i and tax season starts in january and i ran my agency's free tax program so i said i have july to december to write it and i did write it and um and i got it finished and and it it, it is it is still in its final form, but I want to go back and edit it. But I got that done.
0: And you have been a published uh, short story author before, and it was a big thing for you to write the novel. Oh,
1: it really was. I I wore five hats at my agency, so I worked ridiculous hours. It's a it was a nonprofit anti-poverty agency, so you know you work like a dog and get paid yeah. less. <laughs> so it it really was that when I started getting up at 4 4:30 every morning to write before I went to work.
0: Wow. Um so let's back up a little bit because you said you were a published short story writer uh before then. So you'd been writing forever. Um but the the challenge to yourself to write a novel um, and give you give yourself this finite amount of time. What did that mean to you as far as your writing journey went?
1: For me, it meant the change between thinking as a writer and author, someone who would get published, who would write a book. Uh, you know, you have these ideas in your head that, you know, um, I always wanted to spend my time writing, not working at other, th- other things. Mm-hmm. So it, it started me on, on a new journey and a new way of looking at myself.
0: I love that. How did you um, develop the craft, uh, you know, both for short stories, which are there, a separate a separate skill set? I mean, much, it's all story, but it's a separate skill set. But how did you build up the craft for writing that novel?
1: Well, I, it, it was very much based on real experiences. I had uh amateur sleuth at a summer camp, so I had lots to draw on. And I... Um, I base one character on a co-worker uh, because she was just she always fascinated me and she made me laugh and a bit wild, if you know what I mean. And and I remember the deputy director always having to tone her down um, and things like that. So I let her go loose in the um, in the novel. And um, the funny thing is, is that I let my deputy director read the novel and she picked that woman out right away and it was a very complimentary, um, uh, you know, uh, take on her. So there was nothing bad about it. Um, but she recognized her right away and she said, Oh, you nailed her. So one, I knew I could get characters, you know, and, and make them consistent and and good. And two, my um, deputy director was a former teacher and I respected her greatly. So her, um, enjoyment of my book also said something to me.
0: That's great. And so that's, that first novel was an amateur sleuth, um, and it taught you how to write a novel. I mean, I think that for many people, that's what that first novel does is, is helps you complete a project and learn how to write a book.
1: Right. Right. And, and that's very different from short story writing, uh, because the, the, uh, the intensity um uh, and especially where i gave myself 6 months to do it whereas the the next novel i worked worked on has been a couple of years yeah <laughs> building a fantasy world so um but knowing that, that you know you have to develop some structure and you have to um you can lay things out chronologically um, and that's fine, but it reads like a tutorial. So then you have to go in and and put in some disconnected kinds of ideas and sprinkle some things in. And that's like a puzzle. You're creating a puzzle.
0: Yeah. And where it's a short story is, is lean and focused. And, you know, you have a character, um, you know, a a plot line Um, in a novel, you need to have, Several plot lines going, and lots of characters, and and there's breathing space. Was it hard for you to sort of open up and let all of the rest of the novel come in when you're so used to writing lean?
1: Well, I hadn't been used to writing lean. Um, I, I had written a couple of short stories, and they were um, uh, there was one one or maybe two that were, were published at that point, but the, and, and, but I was writing long short yeah. stories and, um, I, I, uh, I decided to focus on short stories for a while to hone the craft of being concise,
0: mm-hmm.
1: of making those word choices very, very important. And I've been on that journey ever since.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about short stories a bit. I mean, I think that the, as I said earlier, it's a um, different skill set. It's it's not transferable for everybody. Not every novelist is a, can write short stories because it is, um, it's hard to do. Um, mm-hmm. But you 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 pose yourself that challenge. What about writing short stories do you like? It lets
1: me explore a lot of different people that don't have to connect to each other. You know, I I get a character in one story, and they belong to that story in that world, and other characters belong to other worlds. And maybe someday some of them will cross paths, but they don't have to. Whereas in a book, things have to all be connected in a novel. They all have to be connected.
0: Yeah, I, I was talking to another writer yesterday who mentioned... Um, that she's she's written novels and um but will write short stories about the secondary characters in her novel <laughs> um you know uh, because she wrote a series and it was a long time ago but when she wants to revisit those people she she doesn't write from the protagonist of the novel she writes for the um those secondary characters because they speak to her and she feels like they need their stories told
1: that's that's a great way to look at it there are some characters who really do. Um, and it's hard. Uh, you can't necessarily base a novel on one of those secondary characters because they're not strong enough to carry the whole thing, but they Mm -hmm. can carry a short story. So I use short stories also just to explore issues. I, I don't write cozy. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not in that world at all, although I will read it, but, um, I explore life issues and people's dilemmas and, and, um, how do they extricate themselves from them and do they do it legally or morally or not, you know, mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things. Um, the short story that I'm most proud of, I think, was flash fiction, which is really hard to write. Wow. And every year for New England Crime Bank, I try that that um, flash words competition of, you know, you have 150 words and there are 20 You have to use 10 out of 20 words from the uh, Guest of Honor's uh, characters, uh, uh, chapter uh, book titles. And um, I try that every year, never get anywhere with it. But I've actually taken some of those and expanded them out into longer stories. But um, the flash fiction story that I did was fascinating. I was at the 2019 Book Festival in Boston, Boston Book Festival. And I did the workshop uh, and it was two New England chapter um, uh, members um, and don't ask me their names now because, of course, I'll forget them because I thought of them. And um, it was uh, Jumpstart Your Story. And for Jumpstart Your Story, they use prompts. And it reminds me of Ray Bradbury, who was one of my favorite early authors. And he had this messy, messy table Full of trinkets and toys and spaceships and all sorts of things and someone asked him one day how can you work in all this mess and he said mess that's my idea table i can look at that and something will just pop out and give me a story idea and i'm off in writing and <laughs> so they had that uh, they had they had you pick from three different types of prompts and i In that 20-minute writing session for the um, exercise, I wrote a 129-word flash fiction that was a complete story from beginning to end, which really amazed me. And, And I write on my computer. I don't handwrite, and this was handwritten. So that was amazement number two. And Later I liked the story so much that I expanded it. It's about um, I think 580 words now or 850. I'm dyslexic so I get numbers backwards. I expanded it but there was only one problem. that's uh, everything on a game of craps and I know crap about craps. So I went to the guppies the, the guppy chapter and I'm I'm a member and I said, who knows? something about the game of craps. I had started researching it on the internet and and two fellows came along and one said, well, I know a little bit about it. And another said, well, I know some things about it. So I sent them my story and they gave me a little more information about how craps works. And then the hardest part was how to integrate that without making it a tutorial on learning craps, which is a little complicated. Yeah. and so that became lucky 7 which won third place in a competition
0: wow what a great <laughs> a great story but also some terrific tips. I mean, I love the Ray Bradbury as I sit in my cluttered office um, uh, idea of inspiration from things, but for you, the jumpstart using it to truly as a tool, do you still use that as a tool or or the Ray Bradbury ideas when you're looking for a new idea? Um, I do. I had a whole box packed um,
1: with, with uh, a little storage box packed with all my things that my story ideas that I could dump out onto the bed when I wanted an idea. And unfortunately the movers put it in the dumpster rather than the moving pot. And I had some really important mementos in there. So I, uh, three years later, I'm still feeling that loss.
0: Oh, I do that.
1: I have some things on my, around my desk and all. And, um, and I use that. I also, you know, lots of things call to me. Nature calls to me. I go outside and I see something and it's like, oh, there's a story there. Or I'm in the store and I see an interaction. It's like, oh, there's a story there. And I come. I have a little folder um, in, my, in my computer um, of just story ideas. Sometimes it's a title. Sometimes it's just a one line sentence. And when I'm thinking about starting a new story, I go into my story ideas folder and look and look for that.
0: I love that. Uh, You also write in different genres, Uh, you know, and every genre has its rules and its ideas on, on what it is. What about writing in these different genres inspires you?
1: read in so many different genres. My early science fiction, Heinlein, Clark, Bradbury. And then I discovered fantasy with Ursula Le Guin, Anne McCaffrey, other female authors, and, um, and eventually, I expanded into mysteries and all. But I realized that most science fiction and fantasy have mysteries at their core. Right. So, uh, so this all of this lumping things into categories um, really sometimes hurts our thinking. Mm-hmm. It's like we, it, you know, can it be a mystery if it's fantasy? Well, um, I took a course with Simon Wood. And one of the things he helped me realize is that the, I'm expanding a short story into a novel. I'm at 73,000 words now. And the fantasy is really a suspense fantasy. Mm-hmm. And that fits um, the, the crime and mystery uh, and, and a um, medieval type society. But it's still, it's still a mystery.
0: The fantasy is a suspense fantasy and with, with, a suspense novel with fantasy elements. And and you're right, at most, many stories have a mystery at the center. And um, I, I appreciate your pointing out that narrowing our focus isn't helpful.
1: <laughs> right. Um, and it's, um, I think when we expand our thinking, we can see a lot of things very differently. And we can see more possibilities in terms of what we choose to write about
0: Love that. Can you, can you talk about that a little bit more?
1: Well, if I, if I just focused on, um, uh, crime slash mystery, um, half my stories wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's, it's like people who belong to mystery writers America or people who belong to sisters in crime. And, um, there's a lot of cross pollination between the two. Um, but sometimes, um, there's distinctions between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh and if you belong like a lot of romance writers, we have uh we have people in our chapter who are romance writers, mm-hmm. and they say we belong to Sisters in Crime because you're so welcoming and open. And writing is writing. Mm-hmm. And this is a community that welcomes me and accepts me, even though I don't write quote unquote mysteries
0: mm-hmm. and I think
1: that's important because it, it it and and who knows they may not realize they have little mysteries going on in their own writing
0: right, right right no i i I, I appreciate what you're saying. and I do think that writing, is writing i mean uh, and and narrowing i uh, even you know calling it crime fiction instead of mysteries i think opens it up a little bit more to include uh, you know a lot of subgenres that that aren't mysteries but you know thrillers or suspense isn't necessarily they all have mystery elements but it's um getting stuck in the definitions doesn't help you as a writer right
1: i have the hardest time writing what what many would call a mystery because I'm not laying out, Oh, here's a clue. And there's a clue. And there's a clue I'm writing. Um, that's the hardest part for me then. And of course you probably know, I'm, I'm not a plotter. (laughs) (laughs) I sit down and I write. And then about a third of the way through sometimes halfway through, I then go back out and look at the global, um, view of it and say, okay, What's missing here? What should be happening? What should be going on? And what should come next? Right. My first book, though, I started with a scene that occurs at the very end of the book. Huh. So I wrote the book backwards, <laughs> <laughs> and and how did she get there? And how did she get there? And I, you know, and I just kind of so I wrote the beginning. I wrote the ending. I wrote the beginning, and then I worked my way into the middle.
0: Wow. So you're not a plotter, but you write your way into the book Um mm-hmm. and you start with an idea, like what, what, what gets you going? Well, first of all, what makes you think this is a book idea instead of a story idea?
1: Well, the, the first novel, I, I just knew it was a, um, a book because I, I wanted to include, uh, a longer period of time and include a lot of, uh, the the experiences I had had um, running a waterfront at a summer camp, you know, mm-hmm. just built the story around that. But the, um, I wake up with whole scenes in my head. And the scene for this book had to be near the end of the book. So that's how that one started, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's how that one came about. This scene was really the denouement before the climax. And then I had to figure out what came before it. The work in progress right now is is the fantasy, um, suspense fantasy. That was a complete short story. It was a long short story. Um, but I could do more with it. And because mm-hmm. it's in a whole different world, um, it's the world building that I brought into it that made it a novel. It was going to be a novella. <laughs> <laughs> but, when I got to forty thousand words and was and was not done i I said, "All right, I have to accept that it's a novel so and 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 it's working well because I layered in societal religious political um and I brought in I was able to bring in more characters and have a lot of fun with it um so sometimes I don't know when I begin. Um, I have a short story I'm working on that I had uh, that I I got stuck on. But the reason I got stuck was because I was trying to squeeze um, it into uh, under 5000 words. And it needs more than that to tell the story. So I said, I'm going to put it in my collection and I don't care how long it is. And so now I'm back on track. (laughs) So that's that's how it works.
0: (laughs) Well, and I love that idea, too, of it's how long you need it to be um, and that you're doing this collection so you can you can make up your own rules, which is fabulous. Um, so talk to me about the world building a little bit more because, um, sisters in crime is, is rolling out a course, um, better your worlds, better your writing. Um, Mm -hmm. and which I think is world building is something that we all, no matter where you are in your writing journey, uh, can think about and can add to. Um, and when you're talking about a fantasy world, so much of what you're talking about can be. Also, you know, if you're doing it in a reality-based world, um, but that level of detail, which adds, you need to understand, the reader may not get it all, but it adds so much rich texture to the world, like understanding how the systems work or understanding different things. What about this world building do you love? Oh, uh,
1: that you can explore uh so many different aspects of what what makes up a society Mm -hmm. so um in in when it was a short story uh it you you simply had to focus on the the character um the character's journey that's a journey of self-discovery um and you know it worked well as as a long short story um, but there was so much more I could do with it. So then I had to think about, well, why is the ruler of this realm um, the way he is? Why is he so weirded out? And um, why does he, on one hand, threaten to kill his son, and at the same time, he's bringing her in to bring someone back who will save his son, you know? But then why, you know, where are his advisors? Why aren't, Why doesn't he have any advisors? Why is he so isolated and so that leads you into what's the political structure and what had it been versus what it is now. And it's a system with magic. So where are the mages, the magicians, the sorcerers or whatever? Why have they been frozen out of this particular society? And that gets you more into the societal issues. And then, well, if if they're gone, um, who is uh, w- what's left? Well, there's your healers who may have magic, but they have to hide it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that opened up for priests to come in and take the power position that used to be held by the mages. So now you're looking at, okay, so what is the religious structure? Is there one, are there multiples? Are And of course you always have charlatans. So you have some charlatans who are moving themselves into positions of power, pretending to be pious or whatever. And it just opened up this whole world of new characters I could add. Um, and so it wasn't so much about, you know, oh, are there purple trees? Is the sky green or blue? It was about layering in all of those little elements that get in the main character's way and try mm-hmm. to usurp her from fulfilling her mission.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and um, so when you're writing this, Claire... Have you created a, a series Bible as you're going? Do you keep track of all of this? Because that's that's the tricky part, too, is remembering, especially, well, not especially, but things like rules of magic. You need to be consistent. You need to remember what the rules are so that you don't break them. Um, And, you know, it's not easy always to remember everything you've set up.
1: Right. And and the other part is, is that a lot of people think when they think fantasy, they're thinking urban fantasy, which is very big today. So they're they're expecting um, where are people and and phase and this and that. And and I'm not bringing any of that in, um, but I'm getting, you know, like from my critique partner. Oh, well, is it a this or a that? And the other part is I knew from my trilogy that I was working on, that most people misunderstand medieval, um, the European medieval era, and they think of it as that short period uh, that we know of as King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, and they're not recognizing that it that the medieval um, society or, or what we call the, the the Middle Ages was a thousand years long, yeah. Yeah. so a lot evolved then. So I'm I'm tackling that uh, both of those questions with I'm I'm writing a little side piece of um, the rules of magic and that predates this story and and then I'm writing another um, piece which is a um, uh, the chronicles of this line of rulers the chronicle of the chronicles of the pentars um, or of corn itself the society. And so I'm writing those out and then every couple of chapters, I'm just going to sprinkle in a short paragraph before the chapter begins and to ground the reader and set their expectation so that they understand more about what's going on. And that came to me as a result of feedback or questions from a um, critique partner and a separate critique group group. Um, and and actually, even back to my New England critique group for my medieval thing, recognizing that people, you know, somebody said, "Well, how would they know the water was clean to drink?" And it's like, really, you're you're talking like, think of 900, you know, BC. They go to a stream. They pretty much would drink the water, especially if the horses drink in the water. Um, but people don't bring themselves out of what you know they they currently
0: know. Right. Right. I mean, that's a that's a fiction lesson anyway, is is, you know, decentering yourself so you can understand what the characters are going through and everything else. Right. It also sounds like you work on multiple projects at the same time, Claire. Is that true? Uh-huh.
1: Very, very true. <laughs> I'm uh I'm on a short break from the collection to finish a short story for April 30th. Mm -hmm. um which I started last week so it's going to be a short short it's got to be finished this week so I can get critiqued before I submit it um and so that's that that's another little challenge for me but I I said oh I really want to do this so I have um and I'm also looking at all of uh I'm trying to write new short stories to go into the collection I'm making sure all of my Previously published short stories are really they they're in their best shape with little tweaks here and there, mm-hmm. and they've all been through additional critiquing, um, and and then there's the whole layout and everything else because I'll self-publish it and I'm working on the um, I've set aside the trilogy for now till I finish the fifth story uh, because that's a another one that uh, I, I really want to get finished.
0: And one of the things that you've done and we talked about uh, briefly with the Desert Sleuths is, you know, doing anthology challenges or explaining to people. And you just mentioned that you've got a a short story you're working on by April 30th. Do you find that sometimes opportunities to submit to anthologies or contests are a great way to sort of get creative juices going and to give yourself a deadline to get yourself out there and to get out of your own perfectionist way?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes the um, doesn't feel like a good fit. And then two days later, you say, oh my gosh, I have this story I wrote that's been sitting in the to be published pile and it would be a perfect fit. And, right. and so sure enough, you look at it and you say, hmm, I need to thread one thing through the whole story, just one concept, add that little thread and it would be a perfect fit. Um, the other thing I, um, I I have picked up the role of the fourth editor for our chapter anthology um, because so many of our editors either suddenly are under contracts or they're just winding down, and um, what I noticed is sometimes people try too hard to to fit the theme, mm-hmm. so they'll mention the theme multiple times in the story, and I think it works best if you don't. I think if you're if you're going to um, hit a theme, you don't need to pound the reader over the head. You know, and that you can actually never mention the theme, but if you've done it well, they get it,
0: right? Or, or they're going to make the connection themselves because it's in the theme anthology. <laughs> you know, even if you don't mention it, it's like they're going to assume that that's part of the the story. That they're just, you know, they're going to add that element as a reader. That's right. That's a good point. So, for writers uh, at at all points in their career, uh, you know, what's the What's the best piece of advice that you give somebody who's, you know, looking to get that those publications or thinking about short story writing? What would what's your best piece of writing advice?
1: <laughs> Button chair, hands on keyboard. <laughs> 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 really, you know, Edith Maxwell says that all the time. But and she she was my mentor and um, she just she writes every day. And and I started following uh, her example. I, I am. <clears throat> I leave my laptop open to Scrivener all day. Mm-hmm. So if I'm in the middle of dishes or something and I get a story idea, just dry my hands, go in, pop down the idea, and then back to the dishes. Um, so uh, so that's really uh, worked for me. Um, there's a piece of advice that I give um, when people say they're stuck. And that is to write down exactly that. I'm stuck. Write it down. Why am I stuck? Well, because I don't know what Mary's supposed to do next. Well, why don't I know what she's supposed to do next? And as you're writing, you've got that hand-brain connection going, and you start asking yourself in writing the questions you need to answer. What should Mary be? Who should she be? Who should she have an encounter with? Because all of a sudden, you start answering the questions and you're writing the story again. And I've had more than a few people in writing say that that helped them um, work through what somebody thought was, oh, I have writer's block. Well, no, they, they just um, hadn't hit the right point or asked themselves the right questions. And if you're sitting there thinking about it, you're not doing. And if you're doing suddenly, then you're, you're actually doing the writing of it. So I think that that's helpful.
0: And, you know, that's such great advice because I'm a big believer in, you know, taking walks if you need to think about things or, or um, you know, refilling your creative well and all the rest of this. Um, But I also, you're so right. You need to write. I mean, that's ultimately what needs to happen is you need to write things down. And even if it's terrible, it's something. So, you know, and and to ask yourself the questions so that you can get unstuck, I think that's a such great advice.
1: You can't fix a blank page. Yeah, and yeah. And, and it's it's a carryover from my um, from my uh, uh, manager days where, if you ask people, "Oh, I need ideas for this, that, or the other thing," you get nothing. But if you fill a page with ideas, no matter how stupid or silly they are, you you start them, you send something out, you start getting feedback. And as they start writing the feedback, they start giving you the suggestions that you were looking for in the first place.
0: One of the ideas that you talked about a little bit earlier too, Claire, was your pile of unpublished stories. I think that that's a wonderful treasure trove for folks to have as well. So that if you're not on contract or, or you're, you know, you're just inspired by something to write that story and remember that you have it so you can pull it out if you need it. Um, just, because writing a short story can give you a sense of completion too and can sort of get the, the juices flowing. Do you have a, lo- a huge pile of unpublished stories?
1: Well, let's see, I've, I've got at least 30 stories in there, wow. and um, 13 are published, a 14th is coming out in the fall, um, a 15th, I've been waiting a year and a half to hear, and I, I'm, I really want to hear, and he you promised he would have answers to us by uh, March 17th, which has come and gone. So I know the publisher is just way, way, way behind, but the story so well fits the theme that I'll cry if it doesn't get accepted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But also because I love the story and I want to get it published. So is it going to go in my collection or is it going to go in that mythology? So I got lost on the answer, but yeah. um, So there's, there's a, there's 30 or so stories in there and, and more coming, you know, um, and I write uh, I write um, fables, little fables. um, most of them aren't finished yet. that's and they're not even in that pile because they're in scrivener in my trilogy um because they're the three stories to uh to the to the story, you know, the novel that I'm working on. um and but if they fit somewhere else, they'll go somewhere else. and And one of those that I wrote during Nano was the honorable mention. Um, for Bethlehem Writers Roundtable in
0: 2021. Wow. And do you, um, you said that you write in Scrivener, so this is a technical question, but I'm interested. Do you write each short story as a separate Scrivener project, or do you have uh, a collection of short stories in Scrivener?
1: I write each in its own Scrivener file and have pulled some into the collection, the ones that I think need a lot of work, because I also do research for all my stories, so I like to have them all in their own um, Scrivener files so so that the research folder is strictly to that. Uh, so then I, I finish it or I clean it up in the original file and then slide the file over into the collection I'm working on. What I did for NaNo um, two years ago really, really got me moving because During Nano was when I started to expand the short story into a novella, now novel, and um, so to prepare for Nano, what I would do every morning, um, I opened up um, the same Scrivener file, and I was working on the trilogy. I was working on that short story expansion, and I knew I wanted to write some fables and stuff, and then I had another just like random writing. So I created these four folders. And each day I would go in and set up three or four empty text files under each folder and had them all expanded. So that while I was writing during Nano, if I was in the middle of one thing and had an idea for another, I could just slip down to that empty text file and write what I had and then go back up to the original and finish what I was working on. And what that gave me at the end of Nano was something that I could pull out into each of the respective um, right. uh, uh project files uh, for those projects. And it was already organized, so I didn't have to do a lot of work to figure it
0: out. So I what I love, um, your, what I'm hearing and what I love um, that I'm taking from this is that if your brain is the kind of brain that has a lot of things flying at you at once, um, some people say you can only focus on one thing or do this. No, create a system that works for the way you think, and that works for you. And for you, that is, I'm working on this project, but I'm I'm ready to go with different um, files. So that if an, an idea comes in, I'm not going to lose it, and I can stay focused. Um, and that's how you think. So you're you've created a system that works for you. It may not work for everybody, but that's such an important lesson for folks to take is, is figure out what works for you and don't try to make yourself work the way other people think you should.
1: That's absolutely so important. And, uh, so a lot of the, um, a lot of the advice about you should do this or you should do that, uh, only if it works for you. And, uh, even, even down to things like story structures, I I uh, never played much with story structure but when I started using plotter because I mm-hmm. always, I I even though I'm not a plotter I will use the software I do use the software plotter um to track s- different storylines especially in this in this uh current um uh Suspense fantasy, because I have to track, you know, magical elements. I have to track, I have a very Mm -hmm. important timeline. So Mm -hmm. I created its own timeline for the days, not only that she's on her journey, but where she is in her journey and how they track into the chapter. So I have five or six different uh, lines going on. And so um, I started looking at um, story structures, especially also, I was planning the anthology jam program for short story writing. And I created a mashup of the simple sort story structure, which was a list of questions within each act, and the three dilemma story mm-hmm. structure, which is a little bit more structured um, around the different disasters. And I created a mashup between them. And then I've been applying it to um this novel, and as I've done that, I've adjusted it more mm-hmm. to make it work for me. And now I can have that open in one in one panel in Scrivener, and my story open. Um, and I'm looking at my story, and it, it helped me recognize in one of my sh- short stories, as much as I loved the first scene, I didn't need it, right? And I had to let it go. I pulled two sentences from it and got them in somewhere else. And my critique group that read the story the second time a year later said, I don't know what isn't here from a year ago, but it's a better story. Yeah. And so, um, so those structural kinds of things can work, but you have to make them work for you. You have to adjust them. Yes. Um, for how you think.
0: Yes. Yes. And embrace how you think, because as a writer, we automatically think differently. As you said, you can, you know, be sitting alone in a coffee shop and and you're never lonely because you're imagining what people are arguing about or <laughs> how that date's going or <laughs> what that person's thinking about. And, and, you know, you're jotting down ideas. I
1: used to have an hour long commute to and from work every day. And at one point it was an hour and a half long. And um, I still have my little recorder, digital recorder in the car so that if I'm driving along and I get a story idea, pop, it goes on and I and I just mention it um, or you know, um, speak into it and say what I'm thinking about, what the character should be doing, blah, blah, blah. When I'm done, I shut it off and put it back down. And then I can connect that to my computer and just pull it in as a as an MP3 file and say, oh yeah, I want to remember and go back and do that.
0: Yeah, I, it, Claire, it, it, what I'm also hearing you say that I'm enjoying is that you've embraced the life of a writer in, and implementing um, all these systems that help you just make this your daily practice. Yes,
1: yes. Um, what I appreciate the most too is that um, I, I'm living with my sister here in Arizona and she respects the fact that that writing is work Mm -hmm. so if i'm writing i'm working uh and and i know for some people their families don't give them that latitude and Mm -hmm. uh so i think i think it's important that writers and authors set the expectation writing is work this is my job Mm -hmm. even whether it's part-time or full-time this is my job i need to do it let me get to
0: it yeah creating the space and the time well, Claire, I want to thank you for making the time and for, you know, talking about your writing journey. We look forward to this collection that will be out this fall and wish you luck on this trilogy because it sounds fascinating. Um, and thank you for the work you do for Sisters in Crime because you're one of the write-in hosts. Um, uh, we have write-ins twice a week and, uh, you know, you're, you're helping a lot of people get, get words down, which is a tremendous gift.
1: Uh, Well, thank you, Julie, but they're helping me get words down, too, because that's the part of the button chair and and, um, keep writing. So,
0: thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for being with us today. Sisters in Crime is about community. We were founded to advocate for women crime writers, and we continue that mission by fighting for equity in the crime writing community. Sisters in Crime is an international inclusive organization for all who write and love crime fiction, mystery, thrillers, and suspense. Join us at sistersincrime.org and make sure you subscribe to this podcast.